On today's episode, you are going to learn all about designing a website to help you get more product sales. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Hi Rebels, welcome back. Let's talk website design. I feel like people go so wrong with their website design and trust me, I am saying this from a point of experience. I've definitely done it the wrong way, the imperfect way. It goes something like this with most people. They have this idea to start a business. They they know that they need a website, so they fumble their way through trying to figure out how to design something without really knowing what their business plan is or how they're even gonna make money. They see WordPress templates and they say, oh, that one looks cool, let me try that one. And then they implement a color scheme only to find a new color scheme they like a few days later and they start to add those colors in. And, it's all pieced together, right? Like you have this idea and you're trying to implement things, but everything is just randomly pieced together from a smorgasbord of ideas that you've had over the past few weeks or months. And maybe it looks okay, but let's be real, there's not much strategy around most people's websites, especially in the beginning. And chances are your website is not doing the job you want it to be doing, or it's just not doing as great of a job as it should be doing. I know far too many people who, like me, followed the same thought process, and that's why I've asked designer Jennifer Liker to join us on the show today. Jennifer is the founder of Ink Splash Designs. She's a total WordPress wizard who has been creating websites for busy and overwhelmed entrepreneurs for the past 15 years in business. Needless to say, she's helped hundreds of clients find their ideal clients, make more money, and reach their goals faster all through their website. And today, she is generously imparting her website wisdom to us to help you sell more of your digital products with strategic website design. Before we turn it over to Jennifer, and trust me, her interview is gold, can I ask you a really, really quick question? If you are enjoying this podcast, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review? Your support and positive review will help our podcast reach more listeners and make more of an impact, and I promise you it will take you less than two minutes. All right, let's turn it over to Jennifer and learn all about website design. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Really excited about this conversation because as you and I were just chit-chatting before we hit the record button, we haven't really covered this topic before and I'm like hitting myself because why? It's such an important topic. So I'm really glad that you are here to teach us all about this. So Today we're going to be focusing in on um, really designing a website that's going to actually help you sell your digital products. Before we talk about the content though, I'd love to just hear more about you. Uh, Tell us how you got into this world in the first place. Okay, so it's kind of a windy story. Um, I have been in business. I've been a website designer officially um, for 15 years, since 2004. Um, Prior to that, I worked in a cancer research lab at the University of Pittsburgh. I'm here just a little bit north of Pittsburgh. Um, My college degree is in biology. And so when I was in college, I, instead of studying for my science tests, I was playing on the internet and I taught myself how to do (laughs) websites. Um, And back then it was, 
much simpler. It was very easy to, to learn. Um, we didn't have smartphones or any crazy devices to, to consider. Um, so it was always just a hobby of mine. And once I got to the point after four or five years in the other career, and I just really needed a change. I just wanted to get, get something new. My husband and I had been married a few years. We knew we wanted to have a family. So I just gave it a shot. And here I am 15 years later. Um, I, in the beginning for the, probably the first decade or so, it was very much just a freelance side hustle. Cause I have three kids. So I was raising them and having babies and doing all of that. But the last like three or four years, I've really um, shifted my focus to making it more of a business and, um, and expanding my services beyond just creating a pretty website, getting more into the strategy and helping my clients with their content in addition to doing the custom design and the development in WordPress sites that I do. I always love it when I hear people say that they're, they kind of started this world as a hobby <laughs> and it turned into a business because that's so fun, right? Like It's you get very to... fun. Yeah. It, it kind of boggles my mind sometimes. I look back and I think, you know, I think I just... I never would have guessed when I got my first laptop back in freshman year of college and created a GeoCities website where it would have <laughs> brought me to. My first website was a 50 megs website. You remember those like Ooh, dot 50 Wow, megs yes. Yeah. You could still technically find it online. I was uh, bored one day. I, was I like, wish. I there. <laughs> and it was, and it's embarrassing. It's terrible. <laughs> I wish. I, oh, yeah. I, I have screenshots of almost all of mine. Like, not the really early stuff, but I do have screenshots of like some of my real, like 1998, 1999, that mm. area. And I look back at them sometimes and I'm like, wow. <laughs> that was a great time for design. What's oh, that website? It was great. There's the Time Machine, is it called? Yes. There's... Yeah, the Wayback Machine. Wayback Machine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Throwbacks. It's yes. like Throwback Thursday, <laughs> Internet Edition. <laughs> All right. Well, we are so glad that you have so much experience um, that you'll be able to share with us today. So, Let's start talking about the elements, the necessary elements to, to designing a website, creating a website that actually has success with selling digital products. Now, to be clear for everyone listening, we're not talking about designing an e-commerce site or anything like that. We're talking about a website that's going to help you sell digital products within um, your funnel, uh, whether you've built it or not, you know, doesn't really matter, but the idea is that you will soon at one point have a funnel. So Jennifer, tell us a little bit about how copy relates to actually creating a website experience that's going to be successful in selling products. Sure. This is honestly the biggest piece, I think. You know, a site can be as pretty as can be. It can be the most beautifully designed, fancy design elements, great fonts, all of that. But the message is really what sells the products. And I think one of the things I've noticed with my own clients is, and I do this myself, <laughs> I think we all tend to do this. We tend to just say, I am X, I am my name and I do X, Y, and Z. You know, that's kind of our tendency when we think about, okay, what am I going to put on my homepage of my website? Oh, hi, I'm Jen and I build websites. And that's fine because that does explain to the visitor what I do, but it doesn't really necessarily explain how I'm going to help them. And so one of the biggest changes you can make um, to your website copy, one of the biggest things to think about is um, 
right away, you know, setting up the value proposition and, and explaining, letting your visitors know that you understand what they're struggling with. So whether your digital product is a course that's going to teach them how to do something that they're really struggling to learn how to do, whether it's a, you know, PDF, a video series, whatever it is, right off the bat, you're saying, you know, I understand what you're struggling with. So you're going to start right away with saying, you know, are you having trouble with X? Are you, you know, do you struggle with Y? And sometimes it sounds a little bit cheesy and there are ways to word it. So it's not so cheesy, but that's the basic concept. And that goes a long way to evoke emotions from the visitor. And that's what's going to compel them to buy. Um, so you start with outlining the problems and explaining that you understand that. And then the next step is to flip it and say, okay, this is your problem. And I get that here's my solution. And here's how my solution and my service, my product, whatever it is, is going to help that. Um, and so, like I said, I, I think our tendency is always to talk about ourselves, but we really have to flip it around and talk about the visitor first. I love that. And I love that you are somebody with a design background, yet you're so focused on creating compelling copy because um, <laughs> I, I think that there would be many designers out there who'd be like, no, no, the design's the most important thing. <laughs> and they'd be so offended to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I will say for a lot of years, I think it was enough to get by to just have, ooh, they have a really pretty website. Um, but the marketplace in all the areas on the internet is so crowded now. And so to stand out and to really, you know, draw your audience in and, and compel them to buy, you really have to do that next, that next step. And so, yeah, the last five years or so I've changed. I used to design before I had content and now I do it the other way. Contents first, and then I'll take that content and build a design around it. Yeah. Really good takeaway. Yeah. And I, I know speaking from my personal experience, I also, I used to write my sales pages while I was designing them, which is like a big no, no. <laughs> um, because again, the content really should come first and that should influence the design elements that you're using on the page. Um, not content's not the fun part <laughs> yeah it's yeah I was like let's have fun with this what font to... am I gonna use yeah, yeah no you're exactly yeah. right <laughs> yeah yeah but that's definitely not a, a good way to go about it the content should should be the first thing and I will also say like the controversial thing here is that there are some really ugly pages out there ugly sales pages ugly websites yeah. that are selling they're selling yes. and very successful mm -hmm. and the reason is because of the yep. content the message exactly so. Exactly. There are still plenty of, of old, outdated looking sites that sell just fine because their copy is on point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And another just um, small point with the value proposition and compelling copy, including some sort of social proof or testimonials within that flow on that sales page or on that homepage can really help as well. That helps show that the thing that you're selling has value because it helped this other person or these other people. And so working in some sort of a mini, like a quote or a mini case study is really helpful as well. Yeah. It's always good when somebody else says you're awesome. Not yes. just when you say you're awesome. <laughs> right. Correct. <laughs> So that being said, you know, you, you could have the greatest copy in the world and technically you can sell without having any kind of design whatsoever, but having a nice design does help, right? Like having a good design. Oh, for I, sure. I mean, yes. arguably it does more than help, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so no, it's definitely important. We, I, I think we like to 
think that we're not all very superficial, but we all are. <laughs> and in the first five seconds of visiting a website, sometimes even shorter, they have statistics on this. I can't even remember what the latest report is on that because our attention spans are getting shorter. But, you know, we make snap judgments right away. And, you know, if you're looking at two websites with similar copy and similar messaging and similar products, and one of them is more professionally designed than the other, you're going to trust that professionally designed website, that the company behind that more, because it shows that they put time into it. They value what they, they are selling. Um, they either value it enough to do it themselves well or to hire somebody to do it. So it just, it goes hand in hand with the, the copy. And it's not just the website either. It's the overall branding. You know, if you have social media profiles and other marketing things that you're using, having a consistent brand across that and the design elements can really, really help to set you apart from someone else that's doing the same thing. Um, the thing about it is it doesn't necessarily people, I think a lot of people, oh, I can't afford branding. I can't, I, just, I can't pay for, for that. But there's really not, there are ways to do it well without spending a ton of money. Like, especially if you are just getting started with your business and you, you really just, you barely have enough money for your website, let alone the logo and all of this other stuff that goes with it. There's some simple design um, tips that, and guidelines that you can follow that, even if you DIY your site, it will still look great. Um, tell, tell us about some of those because we're always interested or, in, yeah. in saving some cash. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. So the biggest thing, you know, if you're, you're starting your website, whether it's on Squarespace, WordPress, Wix, Shopify, um, they all have templates and themes that you can use. Some of them are better than others for different reasons. One of the things that I always recommend if a client is going that route is to find one that is as simple as possible because you can build on that. Um, there are themes out there that are beautiful, but they're very complicated. And so trying to fit your own image and your own look and feel into that can sometimes be difficult. So if you can find one that's, you know, lots of white space, a few big pictures, just a simple logo and navigation menu. That's all you need. Um, and then you can use whatever page builder or, or other tools that are in there to put the, put the rest of the content together in a nice way. So that's the big thing, picking a theme or a template that's really simple. Um, it doesn't have to have a crazy color palette and all of that already built in. Because really going hand in hand with that is typography and colors. I recommend two fonts, at the most, one for headlines, one for body copy. It keeps things very easy for you to manage. You can use those same fonts in your social media graphics, Pinterest graphics, you know, in your email newsletter. Keep Try to keep it consistent. Google Fonts is great for this if your website tool integrates with that. Google, I think they have, I don't even know, like 600 some fonts now that you can pick from. Um, and it just makes it really easy to keep things consistent and clean. Um, the same thing with colors, two or three colors maximum, maybe black and white mixed in there too. And use those same colors all the time. Only use those. If you pick a, a shade of green, stick with that shade of green. It also simplifies your workflow. So if you, if you are going to, you know, you need a graphic for Instagram, you already know, you don't have to mess around with your colors. You have, you have your color palette already. So you can know you can pick that green, that red, that blue, whatever color it is, and you're ready to go. 
Yeah, I think that's, it's making me remember when I've gone through many iterations of branding. I, mean, I think any, anybody that's been in business for more than a couple of years has been there. Yeah, and my, the one that would, that preceded what I have right now um, was like, I'm laughing because you said two to three colors and I think I had like six <laughs> colors or something. Um, and it was just absolutely terrible because I didn't even know as like somebody who's not a designer. I was like, well, when do I use the fifth color? When do I use that color? Right? That's like, an excellent point because I think that is, it almost, it's like too many decisions to have. Yeah. To make. It was well, yes. decision fatigue for sure. Yes. And then it made for like, <laughs> terrible branding everything just didn't it didn't look consistent and it was definitely not professional so my newest branding is I have two fonts mm -hmm. I have um I think I have like I have two three colors it's like a maroon and black and then like a beige mm -hmm. um which is just like the small accent color that I use on occasion to break some things up but like that's it yeah, I think the tendency, and, and I know when I, I did a rebrand with a designer, I hired a designer because I was like, I'm too close to it. I need someone else to, to mm -hmm. do this for me. Yeah. But I know for me, I was like, what, what if, what if I want to use a different color? I'm, I'm, I'm locked <laughs> into these, only these three colors. And so it felt a little bit, a little bit restrictive at first, but then I realized it really did give me freedom of time because I wasn't spending so much time and yeah. energy thinking about well, what color do I want to make this word? You know, I, I just, I didn't even think about it. I just go mm -hmm. with it and it makes it a lot easier. And in the grand scheme of things, like I said, it makes everything look cohesive and like thought was put into it, which makes you look professional, which makes your product more likely to sell. Yeah. And I think that's the difference, you know, people might look at my graphics and say, oh, it looks like you had those professionally designed when in reality, it's just, I stuck to very consistent mm -hmm. branding Absolutely. and fonts that I was able to do it myself. Yeah. Um, no, which, absolutely. Which helps. Yeah. So the professional design adds a layer of trust. And another thing you can do to add trust, the trust factor to your website is add an about page and don't be afraid to add a little bit of personal um, perspective to it. Um, I actually just last week had a call with a new prospective client who found me on Google. And he said, at the end of the call, he said, you know what? I just wanted to tell you one of the reasons I called you instead of somebody else is because you had a little blurb at the bottom of your about page about your family. I have a picture of us, my, my husband and my three kids. And I talk about house projects and Netflix shows I like, and you know, it's just at the bottom. It's kind of an afterthought. Cause I, I talk about my business related things first, but people buy from people. And so mm -hmm. knowing that there's a person behind the product that you're selling is going to add a comfort level and some trust to the person that's visiting your website. That's so mm -hmm. true. It, it, the, the human element mm -hmm. is something that is super important um, with everything related to sales. And even like, you know, this is not related to sale, selling products, but um, hiring a babysitter, for example, you know, Going through that process of you know who am I going to trust with my kid, and um, I kept thinking like, well, who's in my community? Um, like someone in my community I would trust, and that like to me that signals oh, it's the same thing on on a sales page. You know, if you see somebody um, writing in a way that you resonate with, or you see that they shared something personal about them, and you're like, hey, I have that too, or I like that too, or I'm in that same community, you're now connected in a much deeper way that makes it more likely that you're going to trust them to buy. So I think that's 
like spot on. Oh, absolutely. I bond with people on Instagram. Just yesterday we were, I took a picture of my Gilmore girls coffee mug at my desk yesterday. And I had like, I had like five people message me. (laughs) I love your mug. And so we start a conversation and and you just never know where those things are going to lead. So having that on your website, having that personal, um, little blurb is it can go a long way yeah and I I also love Gilmore Girls binging it all the time excellent (laughs) nice I just watched it last year with my 12 year old daughter for the first time I've watched it like probably eight times all the way through but it was it was fun to introduce her to it (laughs) yeah my uh if you believe it or not my husband is super into Gilmore Girls and he hates like every show that I like (laughs) I'm a big like this is us fan or whatever right yeah started watching Gilmore Girls and I was like okay. <laughs> this yeah. is kind of girly, but my husband is not into it, but he knows it because he's like, I think I've, I've seen every episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway. So, um, one of the most important elements, obviously to having a site that sells is having, um, a, a very clear call to action as we call them. So Tell us a little bit about that and how to incorporate that into your design and website. Yeah, so this is going to sound really obvious and kind of like, well, duh, but you would not believe how many sites I have seen that do not have this. You need to have an easy way for people to actually make that purchase and give you their money. (laughs) And it can be as simple as on your homepage. Here's my product. Click here to buy it. You know, I've seen websites where they have this great sales pitch of whatever it is that they're selling, but there's no button. There's no, like, what do I fill out the general contact form? Do I email? Like there's no easy way to make that transaction happen. Um, and I don't know what it is that makes people forget about that important step, but it's, it's simple, but it's, it's very vital to the process. Yeah, no, you know, what's funny actually is that um, I've seen a lot of people sales pages who they have a a buy now button. So it looks like everything is great, but they forgot to connect their buy now button to that. And I'm like, this is a, this is a big problem. You're pretty much guaranteeing that you're going to earn zero dollars and zero. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in the details. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And beyond just, you know, having that one way you know, having that call to action repeated throughout your site, because you don't really know where people are entering your site. They might be coming from a social media post. They might be finding you on Google and they land on your about page or they land on the blog post. You know, you don't know where they're entering. So on your blog post, make sure there's something in the sidebar or in the footer or automatically inserted in, into your posts, a link to your big, big thing that you're selling. Um, the same thing on your about page, you know, work that in and, and that gives multiple ways for people to find that thing that you're selling. You obviously having it in the navigation bar is important, but so many people just skip right over that and they just want to read your content and they get down the page, they get distracted. So make sure you're repeating that, you know, a little bit, you know, once, once or twice on long pages mm-hmm. and then um, at least once on almost every page of your site. Cause you really want to, you want to guide your, your website visitors to the right spot. And another thing with um, calls to action, specifically buy now buttons on sales pages. In my experience, you'll, you kind of always want to have your buy now button be a different color than anything else on the page, just so that it really stands out. Yes. Is that something that you 
recommend? Absolutely. Yes. You want to make it stand out. You know, having text links is fine. You know, if it's in a blog post and it's, you know, contextual while they're reading, but definitely a different background, you know, a bigger font, something like that, some sort of button to make it um, more visually attractive so that people notice it. Um, the other thing is make the text on the call to action compelling. Not, don't just say click here to buy, you know, make it a little bit more compelling. Like, yes, I want to solve my problem. You know, and it was something that, that, you know, gives the visitor a feeling that yes, they're taking action and they're really going to be solving the problem that they're having and they're really going to be fixing it. So do you think it's possible to do all of this by yourself or do you recommend working with somebody else to help you with your website? I think it's totally possible. There's so many great DIY tools out there. So it's absolutely possible to get a, a well, well put together website that sells your product um, up and running. The thing that I've noticed the most with my clients is they can get it up and running, but then they're off doing the things in their business that they need to do every day. We're all busy. <laughs> we yeah. wear a lot of hats in our businesses and there's so many times where, you know, something breaks and they're, doing tech troubleshooting on their website, even if it's a Squarespace site and it's self, you know, it's hosted. So they have that support. There's still some things that might need to be, you know, taken care of. Like maybe a widget breaks, a photo's not lining up anymore and they just can't figure it out. They have nowhere to turn. And so they're spending their time fixing these tech problems, not supporting their existing customers, promoting their current, current products, you know, doing all the other things in their business that they need to be doing. And so having a layer of support with a website designer, a website expert that you can call on when something does go wrong or you need to make an update to your site and you don't have time to do it, um, that can go a long way to make your website more successful because if things bro are broken, they get fixed faster. If things need to be updated, it happens faster. And the faster those things are done, the sooner you can start making more money. Yeah, I think the question really is how much time do you have in your business to be focusing on the tech stuff, right? Like yes. <laughs> you probably could better use that time getting more leads, you know, pr promoting your content, all that other stuff that's actually going to drive the needle in your business in the right direction rather than working in the weeds, you know, where somebody else is probably better at it and quicker at it than you are. Oh yes. I've had multiple instances over the years where a client said, you know, I've been working for three days to try to fix this and I can't figure it out. I get in there and I have it fixed in five minutes because I know the things to look for. And once I figure out what the problem is, I know exactly how to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, they, they've wasted, you know, two or three days of time worrying about it. And, you know, luckily, you know, my clients, they have me and they can call me. So it can be someone even, like I said, even if you built the site yourself and it's already up and running, you don't need a complete overhaul. Just getting in touch with someone who offers that sort of service, just an ongoing website support, whether it's as needed or it's a retainer thing, that's something they can, they can make a real difference in your bottom line. For sure. Time is money. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So the last thing I want to touch on is the fact that a website's going to attract a, um, it's going to attract an audience, but part of that audience may be what we call a warm audience. Part of it might be a cold audience, meaning they've never seen you before and this is their first time. Whereas a warm audience has seen you 
in some capacity, maybe they've read a blog in the past, or maybe they're already on your email list, or they've seen social media posts. So how do you ensure that your website design is really um, captivating and helpful for anyone in your audience, no matter, no matter whether they're brand new or warmer? I think it just goes back to all the things we just talked about. The The biggest thing is the the value proposition, the copy, you know, because a, a cold, someone who's never heard of you, they stumble upon you via Google or something. Um, they need to know what you're about. And that first look is going to tell them. Uh, and that's where that personal, that personal touch on the about page comes in as well. Um, that will help them become a warm audience within the first few minutes of visiting your site. They know, oh, now I know you. I know, I understand what you're about if it's communicated right up front. Love it. All right, Jennifer, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We really, really appreciate it. I know that you have a great freebie uh, website planning toolkit. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I have this website planning toolkit that's there's two parts. Uh, the first part is a website foundations workbook that just kind of goes through really basic stuff that a lot of the tech, <laughs> um, things like how to choose a domain name, explaining a little bit about website hosting, um, how to get great testimonials from clients, um, a lot of those earlier things before you even start writing your content or anything, just things that you should think about before you're going to dive into a website. Um, the second piece is a website content workbook that walks you through writing your content for your homepage, your about page, your sales and services pages, and then your contact page. Um, and it touches a little bit on like SEO and search engine visibility and how to think about keywords, but also walks through, you know, kind of a template. You can just kind of fill in the blank. Like we need a title, we need a blurb. 300 words about your value proposition and why you, what you do and how you do it better than other people. What's your audience's struggles? You know, it, it really does walk you through that. Um, and so with these two pieces, you can have your website planned and then take that over to WordPress or Squarespace or wherever, or hand it over to your designer and say, Hey, I'm ready to go. I already have all this stuff in place. And it's been really great. I've gotten some really great feedback on it. So definitely check that out, you guys. The link to grab the website planning toolkit is inksplashdesigns.net forward slash website dash planning dash toolkit. And I will share that link with all of you in the show notes as well. So you can just tap that link and go ahead and grab your toolkit totally for free. Jennifer, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Are you worried you don't have enough time in your schedule to make your business ideas a reality? Next time on Rebel Boss Ladies, we are revealing how you can run a successful and profitable digital product-based business with only part-time hours. For now, I'm your host, Eden Freed, and remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time.